0: That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares struggled to advance at the open today as banks and other index counters started the morning trading session in the red. In early trade, the Straits Times Index was down 0.8% to 3,154 points after some 83 Million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now closing numbers still firming up, but here's what we are looking at: the Straits Times Index down 0.38% at 3,168 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 889 million Sing dollars. Gainers trout losers 282 versus 340. Top five movers by value: we have DBS, Singtel, OCBC, UOB, and Semco Industries, and heavily traded. Securities, Citrim and Eneco Energy. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have Rex International. Its subsidiary Lime Petroleum set to acquire a 17% interest from two vendors in PL740 in the Norwegian North Sea. Now, meanwhile, from Intel shelving its planned chip operation expansion in Vietnam to shares of Chinese EV makers sliding on the report that Tesla is planning a more affordable model for European consumers. More corporate headlines in focus today. And joining me on the line is Oriano Lizza, sales trader, CMC Markets. Uh, Oriano, welcome.
1: Hi, Tentana. How are you?
0: Good. And uh, let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How has the STI fed so far? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers, uh, say, Fraser's hospitality trust? Yeah, looking at Fraser, I mean, the overall, the overall uh, session,
1: Relatively, uh, I guess, sort of stagnant or a little bit docile, but I guess mm-hmm. that was a bit of a mirror from the US overnight. Uh, pertaining to phrases, obviously, we, we saw an uptick in effectively occup- occupancy. Um, we're looking at a couple of factors there, which is the international business travel, which has significantly opened up, but then also a lot of uh, business travel as well, so things like conferences, exhibitions, um, and the like. So that has really helped uh, with sort of filling up those occupancy levels. Another one of note was SEMCOR Industries, which rose more than 6%. Mm. I think that was back of yesterday's uh, commitment to the renewables investment in a move to diversify its portfolios and really increase that sort of, uh, I guess, green footprint for them.
0: Mm. And Let's talk a little bit more about uh, oil exploration and production company Rex International Oriental. Oriano. Its subsidiary Lime Petroleum is set to acquire 17% interest from two vendors N.D. the PL740 and the Norwegian North Sea. How significant is this in terms of profits for the future in terms of oil supply as well.
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it's coming from quite a low base. I think the last check it was it's sort of trading around seventeen uh, cents in terms of price action. But the, the actual strategy or the strategic investment seems to be from an acquisition perspective for uh, the company, so just to inca- increase uh, cash flow and also diversify those cash streams as well, uh, going directly to oil, which is their main uh, I guess protagonist or you know driver of these revenues. Um, it sits at it it's around sort of eighty one, eighty two dollars a barrel at the moment but unfortunately you know with everything going on globally from a geopolitical standpoint Mm -hmm. uh, we might see that threatened like it did earlier in the year that $100 a barrel level which would really give um, the the share price an uptick with this current uh I would say about the current uh, acquisition we profits. the actual I guess conversion of profits will probably take a little while with production from this particular exploration uh or project only due to start in 2027.
0: Hmm. Taking a look at some of the major headlines around the region, uh, Oriano Intel shelving a planned investment in Vietnam that could have nearly doubled uh, Intel's operations there. What is stopping Vietnam from becoming the alternative to China and Taiwan? What does it say about its ability to fulfil its ambitions in the chips industry? Yeah, it's sort of an interesting one. I think I think this
1: this deal was sort of uh, put on ice uh, in, uh, in in June, and obviously the, the the news has just filtered out recently. Um, there has been major developments or growth in this uh, in this region in February alone, earlier this year, particularly in Vietnam. Um, there was a jump of seventy five percent in terms of uh, revenue uh, for chip sort of production or chip involvement. Um, in terms of, I think I think where. Other countries are looking to invest into Vietnam. They are quite uh, cautious about obviously build, building an you know, environment which is too saturated or too large uh, for them and not giving up too much of their own local market mm-hmm. uh, to overseas manufacturing. So there's a play to move away from, um, a heavy reliance to move away from China. We did see some uh, external also FDI from Dutch semiconductors like uh, BESI. So I think it's still on the right track
0: mm-hmm. and there has
1: also been talks about um, building their own uh, plant uh, locally in Hanoi. So I, th- I think it's still it's still on the right track. it's maybe just on a pause for the time being, but we should see it as a major hub for uh, the semicon industry.
0: Hmm. And from chips, Oriano. Let's talk about cars, right? Shares of Chinese EV makers slid on the report that Tesla is planning for a more affordable model for European consumers. Neo down over five percent in Hong Kong. Xpeng down over three percent. How would you read into this?
1: yeah uh, pretty pretty big call um, obviously from tesla um, the, the biggest driver uh, in this particular e v industry as it mat- continues to mature has been production rates and also cost of production so this is this has come as a, as, as a major sort of a bit of a major i'd say a surprise uh, for for the Asian manufacturing market and they're looking at this factory in Berlin to sort of really be able to ramp up uh, production, Um, and, and some of the price points being a lot lower and more competitive. So in the first half of 2023, we're looking at numbers where a car in Europe which, mm-hmm. uh, the regular retail price was around sixty-five thousand euros, mm-hmm. versus uh, a, a car manufactured in China, who's averaged around thirty-one thousand. So that they've really bridged that gap in terms of those production costs. If they are able to deliver on the demand as well, because naturally with a lower price point, you're going to see a large amount of consumer demand. If they can't maintain or keep up with that, expect the Chinese manufacturers to swoop in on that, um, you know, over supply, over demand.
0: Finally, before we let you go, Oriano, UBS Group reported this seven 700- hundred. One hundred and eighty-five million US dollar third-quarter loss, of course, after booking expenses tied to the takeover of Credit Suisse. If we look at underlying, excluding those uh, takeover impact, it is there is a profit there. How should we read into the numbers?
1: Yeah, it's it's I guess it's a tale of uh, depending which way you want to sort of look at it. But uh, naturally, consolidation tends to come at a cost, and we have seen. you know the initial the initial impact absorbing a lot of the debt and obviously some of the you know legal legal implications and then they've obviously had to do a restructure from a, from a staffing perspective as well at uh, UBS so these these operations you know they naturally take a lot of manpower and, and time and effort so this is this is something that is impacting their bottom line but without the with without any takeover related impact there was, the numbers weren't relatively positive and mm-hmm. one thing that was quite was quite beneficial was the, the customer inflow, terms of funds flow from uh, Credit Suisse clients, which did beat forecast. So UBS would be able to utilise a lot of that, those, those uh, you know, consumer funds to really bridge the gap in any additional losses that they have made. And from a price action perspective, the shares, uh, the shares in UBS are up 30%. So not in all doom and gloom. I think obviously it just needs time for the actual uh, restructure to take place, and we should see some of those uh, you know, inherent costs coming down over
0: time. Mm, all right, exciting days and lots to watch in this space. Thanks a lot, Oriano. That was Oriano Litza, sales trader at CMC Markets. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.